You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, and welcome to the Big Blue Big Board Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Chris Flum. And we are coming to you a little after it's apparently now happening that Kyler Murray is expected to declare for the draft. This is something that was not really expected for most of the season, but like it's late on Wednesday night, it was reported that the A's are just kind of bracing for Murray to declare in the draft. So we were uh, going to do uh, a positional preview, but because of this news, because of also some uh, things that are happening with Dwayne Haskins, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about those two guys and, and the quarterbacks at the top of the draft and what all this might mean for everything going around, what the Giants might do, what's going to happen with the quarterbacks. So this kind of completely changed what we're going to do. And I think quarterback is a pretty... A pretty important thing to talk about. So, are you ready to uh, to talk some more quarterbacks, Chris? Uh, yeah. You know, I I guess we better be ready to talk about them. So, I think the the big thing right now is the Kyler Murray situation. He was drafted by the Oakland A's before the season. They said, "Sure, you can play your one year at Oklahoma," and that year ends up being really good he wins the Heisman and then there were some rumors he he wanted to play the football but there was still all indications he was still going to go play baseball and now it seems like the the A's are expecting him to declare for the NFL draft and there's some talk about where he might go it's been reported some GMs do expect him to go in the first round I believe uh, Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting, I said his prediction is he gets drafted higher in the NFL draft than he did in the MLB draft. And he went ninth in the MLB draft. So that would put him as as a top 10 pick. And this is something that I think not a lot of people were expecting. We were talking about this quarterback class of not being great and not having a lot of high-end talent. But now all of a sudden, if Murray gets thrown into the mix there along with Haskins, and that might be two potential top 10 picks. Yeah, and this is this really throws everything for a loop because I was absolutely expecting him to kind of wistfully say, yeah, I'd love to play... I'd love to play football, but I'm I'm going to stick with baseball because he's a really good baseball player too. And I could see the, or at the time I thought the NFL would come back to him and say, you know, sorry, kid, you're too small because he's listed at 5'10", 195 pounds. Right. he's listed at 5'10", he is not 5'10". Yeah. But the NFL is changing, and the NFL is changing rapidly. So I think maybe some people took a look at what Baker Mayfield did this year and then took a look at the, frankly, 
stupid numbers Murray put up at Oklahoma and said, you know what? We can do some of those things. We can look at his games and install some of those concepts. Yeah, we'll put a first-round grade on you. And that was enough to convince him, you know what? Maybe I'll give this football thing a shot. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part because I'm not sure if Murray has his path to the NFL in probably in more ways than one if Baker Mayfield didn't happen. If Mayfield didn't have the success he did at Oklahoma, if he didn't have the success he did this year in the NFL as a, you know, a smaller guy coming out of that Oklahoma system with Lincoln Riley. I think we saw that even though that Oklahoma system is is very wide open and very college-y, uh, there are still a lot of NFL concepts and NFL throws that are in that system. And I think we saw Mayfield was able to do that with the Browns this year, especially when he got some better coaching that was not Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Um, <laughs> so I absolutely think that Mayfield's success absolutely paved the way uh, for for Murray to possibly be a high draft pick and not not just get drafted but be a high draft pick this year yeah absolutely and also Baker's success as a an undersized quarterback because this time last year everybody was saying oh he's he's too short he'll never be able to see over the offensive line you know which when you've got six foot six six foot eight offensive tackles the only one who's seeing over them is Brock Osweiler and I don't think that's anybody's um prototypical quarterback Baker I think did has done a lot for Kyler Murray to make this decision even possible and from there there's some pretty interesting dominoes to fall I think one of the reasons we kind of expected Murray to pick baseball is because of the guaranteed money that was already there. He got a contract that was already like five million or so dollars, and and the difference between the guaranteed money in baseball and football. But I think quarterback is probably the one place where it actually does make more sense to play football because especially if he's going to be a high pick he's going to get a nice guaranteed contract and that fifth year option and if he is even just an average quarterback there's a lot of money coming down the line for just being average and if he's better than that then he's going to get a lot of money and and it's going to be hard to match the quarterback money in baseball. Now, say if he was you know a wide receiver or almost any other position, I think it would make a lot more sense to play baseball. Like Jeff Samarja was a very good wide receiver. Uh, he absolutely made the right choice to to play baseball because he made a lot more money as a pitcher than he ever would have made as a wide receiver, even if he was one of the league's best wide receivers. So I think in, in that terms, and if, if he wants to go the football route, I think that does make a lot of sense for him now. And as he goes in, that, like you said, a, a lot of things are going to continue to be very fluid uh, in this quarterback situation. So now there might be two guys who are worthy of going in the top 10 when for a long time we had just only been talking about one basically since Justin Herbert said he was going to stay in school. 
So that makes it possibly if you're looking at the Giants and if they were maybe looking at at Haskins or just a, a quarterback in general, a, you know, even though there was only one, there was still the potential of someone to leap them in a trade and grab the guy, and then you're left with no one. Now there's maybe possibly this second option. So that opens it up for for some more trading and more maneuvering, maybe in in the first part of the draft, and then. I guess we can talk about this of what it possibly does at first overall. So the Arizona Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach. And while he was at Texas Tech uh, last year, there's a video that has now come up of Kingsbury saying he would take Kyler Murray first overall. Of course, when he said that, he did not think he would ever be in a position where he would be drafting Kyler Murray first overall. He was the head coach at Texas Tech, uh, but now he's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals who have the number one overall pick. Yeah, he is. He finds himself in the rare position of basically getting to decide whether or not he wants to uh, walk the walk on that because, you know, what college coach hyping up an opponent winds up having the opportunity to act on that and draft them just a, a few months later and of course there's another domino there because he also already has josh rosen on the roster yeah so it kind of feels like this is like when you when you see a friend you haven't seen in a long time and you're like yeah we gotta catch up and get lunch and you have really no intention of ever catching up and getting lunch you just kind of say that and now it's like uh, a couple months later and that friend is texting you uh asking if when you should get lunch. That's kind of what Kingsbury is in right now. So the Cardinals do have Josh Rosen. I think Kingsbury was hired to help out Rosen because, man, does he need help. <laughs> uh, that situation he was in was just so bad. And per Next Gen Stats, he threw into tight coverage on, I think, 21.6% of his pass attempts. Uh, last season, which was the most among any quarterback. And as I think we've explained on this podcast, throwing into tight windows at a high rate is very bad. It's a lower yards per attempt. Uh, it's higher interception rates. It's lower touchdown rates or lower completion rates. Basically, any negative thing you could have throwing the ball, throwing into tight windows increases that probability. There was no offensive line. There was a bad offensive line to start, and then, like, literally everyone got hurt. Uh, They had, like, five backups at at one point. So I think Kingsbury was really brought in to hopefully open up that passing game. So now with the thing with with Murray and the video of, of Kingsbury saying he would draft Murray first overall, there's now this speculation that could happen, and Rosen uh, would possibly be, be traded. I think Adam Schefter said that's not impossible. I believe later in the day, Ian Rappaport at NFL Network said he had spoken with people uh, in Arizona, said that it's absolutely not going to happen. But, I mean, with, with Rosen on the block, that's something that might interest the Giants who could be looking for a quarterback. I, I think the problem there is that I know some people were saying that the Giants had interest in Rosen pre-draft last year but if, if he's someone they weren't interested in taking at number two it doesn't make a lot of sense that they would pony up possibly more to get him now no that is a scenario which will i don't want to say it's not going to happen because that almost guarantees it would happen just 
so the universe can make me look like a dope. But we'll say it's possible, but extremely unlikely. I don't think the Giants would trade for Josh Rosen because even though he had a really bad year, he's still a highly drafted quarterback on a rookie deal. They're valuable. And if the Cardinals did wind up taking Kyler Murray, they would be able to get a significant return for Josh Rosen, which is what they should absolutely do because that would be resources they could pour back into their team and, you know, fortify that offensive line in front of Murray and maybe get him a weapon or two. Yeah, if that were to be the case, I think Rosen would be more expensive overall than than the second pick last year. It would probably cost the Giants at least the sixth overall pick this year and probably something else. From a resource standpoint, that does not make a lot of sense for the Giants to do. Although nothing the Giants have done from a resource standpoint has really made sense with what they do um, with their draft picks. So maybe they would, but I don't even see that scenario coming together i no i think maybe the more interesting side of it would be if another team that needs a quarterback were to trade for rosen which would take away a potential competitor for dwayne haskins if that's the direction the giants actually want to go i think what the cardinals are, are doing right now is they are setting a pretty good market for the first overall pick which, whether someone likes Murray or likes Haskins, they could get a ransom now, especially because I think two guys now, I think, also helps them, where someone, I think, could want to want to move up into that spot to get whichever quarterback they like more. And you know, when you look at what you know, Murray and Haskins bring to the table, I really do think both of those guys would be worth those high picks in this draft. Yeah, I I would be completely stunned if the Giants were to draft Kyler Murray because he is basically the complete opposite of what Dave Gettleman typically looks for in a player. You know, he is short. He is not stout. <laughs> I think it's a decent way to put it. He is a an athletic dual-threat quarterback who thrives in a wide open spread option offensive system i i just if the giants were to draft him number one, number one i would either assume somebody slipped some sort of mind altering substance into dave gettleman's drink or something had happened where gettleman is no longer the giants general manager come draft night yeah i would say Murray does not likely fit into whatever prototype the Giants believe a quarterback should be. But I think we can continue to talk about it because it is something they should consider. I don't believe they will, which is not fun when we're going to be evaluating these quarterbacks. You're looking at probably two of the best quarterbacks in this class that the Giants just might not consider at all. So I, I think we can go into what they bring to the table a little bit because I think there's there's a lot about Murray and and you say these 
this wide open offense and whatever. But like you said, there there is still NFL throws in there. And he has still shown things that he can do that should translate to the next level. So if we just look at, at the numbers overall, so Murray... I think we've we've talked about marginal efficiency a little bit on this. It's something Bill Connolly of SB Nation has done at Football Study Hall, and it's basically just success rate above the expectation. And so c- compared to uh, what you would expect against certain defenses. So Kyler Murray had a 14.7% marginal efficiency, which means 14.7% better than what you would expect. And among the quarterbacks who are going to be in this draft class, and again, we don't exactly know if Murray is, but we're going to talk like he is. That's easily the highest in this group. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is number two at 12.8. We'll also point out Will Greer, who we're not going to talk about, but we'll talk about later, is at 12.4. Those are the only three guys above 10%. Man, Murray, just really good. He's not someone who, who really... That got a lot of easy uh, completions. 8.71 air yards per completion, which is the second highest among like the, the 14 quarterbacks um, that, that are really going to matter, and, and 14 are not going to matter, but that's probably who we're going to consider the class. Actually, sorry, that is the highest. He's the only one of two above eight. So 52% of his passing yards came through the air. That's that's not a bad percentage. An 11.1% touchdown rate. He was on target on 80.6% of his passes per Sports Info Solutions. Only Will Greer was higher at 81.4% of this group. And only Dwayne Haskins at 80.5% was the other quarterback over 80%. So this is... This is a guy who was able to make a lot of throws in that Oklahoma offense that should be able to translate. Oh, definitely. And that was one of the kind of under-the-radar things I really liked about Baker Mayfield last year was how many NFL throws he not only made but made well in that Oklahoma offense. It didn't look like an NFL offense, but there are NFL concepts within the offense. And the fact that Murray ran it so well is a good sign for him translating to the NFL. Now, I, again, I was completely expecting him to wind up being a baseball player. So I haven't really, I've watched him. I haven't studied him. So I don't, I don't want to say that he is as good a thrower or as good a passer, I should say, as Baker was because Baker wasn't just accurate. He was precise. He was able to put the ball not just on target, but specifically within a receiver's catch radius where he wanted to set him up for the most yards after the catch or keep the ball as far away from a defender as possible. I don't know if Murray is has that same precision but that's something going to find out in short order because <laughs> time to start doing homework on him yeah that is absolutely you know it's something you were going to have to look at of whether you know what the, the difference between murray and mayfield in that offense so like i said you know person for solutions murray was just on target for overall passes on 80.6 percent of his attempts and then so per sports info solutions 
last year, Baker Mayfield was on target at 81.5% of his attempts. So that's close. Mayfield uh, up a little more, but the over 80 is is great. As we see in these other quarterbacks, there's only three guys in this class who are above 80. You have a couple of guys hovering around, you know, it's 76, 75. So you can see, I think Murray does have that accuracy that that can translate i mean 11.6 yards per attempt like that's insane and murray led the league in adjusted yards per attempt which is i think has been proven to be a pretty good indicator of translatable success and that's yards per attempt that factors in its touchdowns and interceptions baker mayfield was the first in that last year murray was that this year so so these are these are all things and he's he's pretty accurate to all parts of the field so i i quickly try to to break down some of these things from one to 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. He was on target 89.1% of the time from 11 to 20 yards. That was 78.3. And from 21 plus that was 68.9. So all three of those numbers are actually better than Dwayne Haskins, who I also really like and graded out very well, who also has very good on target numbers. So I, I think I think the more we look into Murray and the more we, you know, seriously consider him as an NFL prospect, I think the better he might look. Oh, yeah. I think the only thing that might give people some pause is his frame and just whether or not he can withstand the kind of the rigors of the NFL. He didn't take a whole lot of sacks, especially considering as often as he ran. And if he it wouldn't surprise me if he comes into the NFL combine at about 200 pounds, which is definitely small for a quarterback. Although it's, that's also only four pounds lighter than Russell Wilson was. So if he does measure at five ten, two hundred 200 pounds, that's only a little bit smaller than Russell Wilson. And he's held, held up. Okay. Yeah, yes. So Murray last year, only 4.6% stack rate. That's fine. Um, you know, it's not elite. It's guys in, in some more quick-hitting, pass-heavy offenses like Gardner Minshew, uh, who was at 1.9, or Drew Locke, who was at 2.9. Haskins was 3.6. But it's better than a guy like Will Greer, who had a 5.7% sack rate. So, so Murray, I think, was able to to avoid those hits, and he was he was a really good runner. Um, and that is not a negative. Please don't let anyone tell you that a mobile quarterback is, or having mobility as a quarterback is a negative. I know Phil Sims was out there the other day tweeting that how many of these like mobile quarterbacks are giving up big passing plays to run. I know this is a Giants podcast, so there's a lot of people who have positive feelings about Phil Sims as a quarterback, but I don't think his feelings have changed um, since he played quarterback. Um, so I'm not totally sure if he's like the best guy to be talking about modern offenses right now, because you know, mobility for quarterbacks and rushing ability and running ability is a positive. So per sports info solutions, there were 66 players, just players in general who had at least 65 rushing attempts in 2018 during the regular season. Seven of the top nine first down rates, so the percentage of rushing attempts that went for a first down, belonged to quarterbacks. At seven of the top nine of 66 players, the quarterback rushing is a great thing 
It usually gives you an extra guy on offense. Usually when you have a, you know, a running play or any offensive play, there's 11 guys on defense against 10 guys on offense because the quarterback is just not in the equation. But when you can add the quarterback, that's another guy the defense has to account for. So having a guy like Murray, who was a very efficient runner, so 122 rushes, 1,110 yards on the ground. That's 9.1 yards per attempt. He had 12 touchdowns and only had two fumbles. And that is, that's very efficient. That is a great way to move the ball on offense, especially for all these people who think establishing the run is a thing. So why would you also not think quarterback running is good. That I just don't understand. Quarterback running is more successful and more efficient than running back running. So having a guy like Murray is just an added element to an offense that is going to help his game greatly. And if you could, and again, this this is venturing into fantasy land, not fantasy football land, just wishful thinking land. If you could add that kind of running and passing efficiency and his scoring efficiency 54 total touchdowns last year to what Saquon Barkley is able to do and what Odell Beckham is able to do and what they finally figured out over the last four weeks what Evan Ingram is able to do that is suddenly a terrifying offense if you could have somebody who could maybe combine the best traits of Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson with those offensive weapons. It's one of those things that's probably not going to happen, but wishful thinking that could be absolutely terrifying for a defense. Yeah, just uh, just imagine on like a, a third down or in the red zone of a defense trying to defend a read option with Kyler Murray and Saquon Barkley. I'm not sure how it could be possible. <laughs> I think you you guess wrong almost all of the time. If there's one upside to it, the Giants defense might suddenly be able to defend a read option because they could see it run competently in practice. Yeah, that's something you could practice against. That's you know I, I think that's something uh, uh, Tony Jefferson said before Baltimore played the Chargers in the playoffs. He was like. Uh, we're just glad like we only have to practice against Lamar Jackson and we don't have to play him. Of course, the, the Chargers figured out a way to slow that down. Uh, but I think right now, and I'm someone who liked Lamar Jackson a lot, and I still do, uh, but I think Kyler Murray is a better thrower than Lamar was at this point. And he, I think he's just about as good of a runner. So that is very positive. Um, and so when you when you add that, when you get someone who has that added ability, who can throw downfield. So again, on passes that came 21 or more yards past the line of scrimmage, Murray was on target on 68.9% of those. Had 11 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. That is, uh, that's excellent. So Eli Manning this year, 56.4% of his passes were on target. The On t- passes 21 or more yards uh, down the field in the air. Those numbers aren't going to match up uh, because it's, it's a little harder to to pass downfield uh, in the NFL. But you know you have someone who has that ability. So I think we're we're talking this up, and I'm getting now. I'm more excited about the prospect of Kyler Murray being a Giant than I was when we started here. Although I think the realistic probability of that is is not as high as uh, my excitement level is. But 
I think this can only be a, a positive thing for the Giants now that there's two quarterbacks that could be highly drafted. So I, you would hope maybe they like one of those guys, and and they should. I, if they don't like one of them, see, I think they're they both go into you know differing types of prospects. The Haskins is six three two twenty. He's a good. A pocket quarterback, he's not a guy who runs a lot. He only had uh, 59 rushes for 215 yards for Ohio State this season. So he is he is a pocket passer who's a bigger guy um, who can throw. And then you have Murray, who's the smaller, more athletic guy who's a little more dynamic. But So I, I can't imagine how you wouldn't like one of them because one of them has to be the type of quarterback you like. But we also, we have no idea if, if they're going to seriously consider a quarterback, though, where they're picking. Yeah, I know. I think we have found out now that Dwayne Haskins, who, if we're being realistic, is of the two, probably the one the Giants would pick if they were going to pick a quarterback and both were available. They would probably pick Dwayne Haskins. He is certainly hoping that they are looking for a quarterback and would pick him because it's kind of come to light over the last couple that he grew up a pretty big Giants fan. He's not just a good quarterback prospect. He is a fan of the team, a fan of the franchise, which is interesting. Yeah, he has has made it known he would prefer to get drafted by the Giants. So he tweeted out the other night, it has since been deleted, but it was of him photoshopped in a Giants uniform. The only problem with that one was the Giants have since, have uh, retired number seven. So he'd have to be, he he couldn't wear that number seven, but. Yeah, so one little inaccuracy there, but um (laughs) I think he'd be okay picking another number, but yeah, he's someone who does apparently has made it publicly known he would not mind being drafted by the Giants. Although it was pointed out after he, uh, in his Instagram story, there were some uh, other photoshops of him in other uniforms, uh, but as it was uh, suggested to me on Twitter, tweeting out the Giants picture is kind of like how Facebook official used to be uh, in relationships. Uh, so <laughs> he he made the Giants one like known that. on Twitter. So he's also someone that the Giants should look at. If they're looking at a quarterback, he's a good pocket passer, a low sack rate. He was also a very efficient in college. I think he has the ability to to translate all of those things he did into an NFL system. I think in and we can hope that this is only good news for a, a possible path for the Giants to look at a quarterback early this year and I, I don't know. I think maybe it's possible that with Murray eventually declaring or the feeling is he's going to declare we'll get that answer next week because underclassmen have to declare by the 14th so in a couple days we'll know whether he's going to officially declare or not um hopefully he doesn't officially do that uh between the time we record this and the time we post it which would be a very fitting thing uh for him to do and totally on brand for us. Yeah, no, it, it more fitting, yeah, for us. That had actually nothing to do with Murray. That would just be how, how it works for us. Haskins officially declared right after we finished recording 
our review show so yeah <laughs> yeah and then i think just the other day on on bigbueview.com we did uh, a big kind of group chat on on the first wave of head coach hirings and i think like the second we posted that everyone else got hired <laughs> so, so yeah that would be totally fitting but i think with two guys right now that that gives the giants a chance to have someone they like at at quarterback and and maybe now the competition for if there was competition for haskins maybe that shifts over to murray and so i think there's there's more options for the giants at quarterback now and i think that's good as long as they want there to be more options at quarterback which you know time will tell if they do yeah now things get really interesting if Eli Manning decides to hang him up and it really forces the Giants hand but we're nowhere near that point yet yeah they, I mean we're, we're still early we're still here in in the middle of January um so uh, there's there's a lot that's going to be going on and we're going to continue tracking it and talking about whatever shifts in this dynamic come up and this was a major curveball that we were thrown and but i i think i think it's a good thing so we'll we'll continue following up on what should again be an interesting offseason with quarterbacks we thought it was last year it kind of turned into nothing but maybe it will be again this year and now it's it's more interesting than it was last week i think or more interesting than it was yesterday or yeah. two days ago in the beginning of the week. So I think we can end this show there. We are going to get back to positional previews next week. I think we only have two left, wide receiver and running back. So we are going to get to those. And then and then it's on to the Senior Bowl, uh, which is going to happen at the end of the month. So we'll be talking a lot about what's going on there because that's, you know, that's, and there are a couple other all-star games, but the Senior Bowl is, is usually the big one that gets a lot of attention. So we'll be talking about that. So you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you have not, uh, please rate and review. That helps us out greatly and, and helps this show uh, get seen by more people. Follow our work at BigBlueView.com. Follow BigBlueView on Twitter at BigBlueView. Follow us on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. You can follow Chris on Twitter at RaptorMKII. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.